In the wake of one year to go celebrations in Rio de Janeiro, the 2016 Summer Olympics is still a topic dominating conversations in the international sports world. You're listening to the latest Sunday edition of ATR Radio. I'm Nicole Bennett. On an analytic note, the United States leads Infostrata Sports Rio 2016 virtual medals table with a predicted total of 99 medals. Launched this spring, the latest virtual medals table predicts that Great Britain will follow up London 2012 with a total of 48 medals at Rio 2016. Right now, the top five countries on the table are the U.S., China, Russia, Germany, and France. Infostrata Sports provides data, media, analytic, and event services to sports federations, NOCs, event organizers, rights agencies, broadcasters, media publishers, brands, and app developers. In speaking with Around the Rings last Monday, Simon Gleave, head of analysis for Infostrata Sports, explained just what goes into the virtual medals table and how its projections might benefit NOCs in the lead up to an Olympic Games. Well, it's a, it's a results-based uh, model. So what we actually do is we take um, all of the results in competitions like World Championships, like World Cups. <clears throat> the last Olympic Games itself comes in as well. And we weight those on the basis of uh, where did the different people finish. So first is obviously worth more points than second, more points than second, more, more points than third, third's worth more than fourth, etc. We weight them on how long ago was the competition, so something that happens happened last week, for example, is much more important than something that happened three or four years ago. And we weight them for the competition itself. So World Championships is the most important thing along with the Olympic Games. And then we have different levels for other competitions. And we have information on all sports that and all the events that are in the Olympic Games. So it's constantly being updated as new information comes in. Do you find at all that, I, I'm sure this is kind of an obvious question, but countries that end up leading the virtual medals table or dominating um, year after year, are they countries that have recently hosted the games? Like, for example, Russia leading the table right now, having hosted in 2014, does that help them at all usually in their performance? What happens with, what happens with host nations is they, as I said earlier, they tend to do best when they actually host it. If we take an exa- a different example, if we take the example of uh, Great Britain, I mean, we expect Great Britain now to win fewer medals than they did last time. And that's a pattern that you see repeated time and time again. Um, a country will produce its peak performance when it hosts, but then after that it will uh, drop back again for all manner of reasons, uh, I would imagine. I mean, there's certainly a host nation effect which drives uh, drives more medals based on this. Um, Russia, it's, diff- it's difficult to say because that, that was a Winter Olympics, of course, and it, it really depends probably a lot on the sort of investment that, uh, that was put in then and that is put in now into summer events. So does a forecast like this for the Games benefit an organizing committee like Rio 2016 or does it benefit NOCs? And I, I guess what I mean by that is it, does, it, does it help to kind of know or have predictions in place in any way? I think uh, it drives uh, attention towards the Olympic Games for both uh, the uh, for both Rio 2016 and for all of the National Olympic committees. It means that fans are uh, you know looking to see okay what can we what can we expect what can we expect to happen and that is nice to have attention for both the Olympic Games and for uh, for the NOCs on the road to the games as opposed to just in that short period where the games actually take place it's nice for people to know you know who are the who are the likely uh, medalists who are the likely contenders next time around you know 
Another group focusing their attention on the Rio Olympics, of course, met in the Brazilian city this week. The IOC Coordination Commission for Rio 2016 is nearing the home stretch to next year's Summer Olympics. The commission for the 2016 Games met in Rio for what should be its second-to-last visit to the city. Led by Nawala Mutuakel, commission members met with Brazilian leaders to discuss progress on preparations for the Games. Around the Rings editor Ed Hula was in Rio during the COCOM's visit and spoke with me following the group's first day of meetings. Hula said that the mood among IOC members in Rio was calm and confident. Well, it's uh, pretty tranquil, uh, not, not a great deal of uh, nervousness in the air, anxiety, if you will, that things won't get done. People here are used to big events every year, whether it's New Year's or Carnival. Both of those events draw millions of people to Rio de Janeiro. Maybe in some ways a bigger flash in a pan for one day than the, uh, than, than the Olympics are. But generally speaking, there seems to be a pretty accepting mood on the part of the people that the Olympics are coming. We get a sense that things seem to be moving ahead okay, if not, if not perfectly, if not how everybody wants it to go exactly. There seems to be no crisis in the air that we experienced a year or more ago here. Aside from Coordination Commission news, how are test events going in Rio? Uh, they seem to be going uh, pretty well. They're, uh, they are, are, are test events that don't fully, fully put a load on the system. For example, the equestrian test event taking place at Diodoro, the uh, far western cluster of venues, has only had 19 horses, not 200, as will be the case during the Olympics. And uh, the, the security, the spectator load, transportation not fully being put to the test, but it's more of a chance to see how the venues work. And at the equestrian, it seems to be going okay. The rowing test event is over. That was the FISA Rowing Junior World Championships featuring the under-19 stars of the sport. And it was well organized. It's a beautiful location. It's the Gloria de la Freitas, which is um, has the Crystal Redonter sculpture looming above it. It's an extraordinary-looking venue, beautiful to see, one of the most uh, stunning venues rowing has ever had for the Olympic Games. Unfortunately, it's one of those bodies of water that is uh, polluted and could cause some illness. American rowers were complaining about Ill illness last week, inconclusively linked to the water in the lake. There could be other things going on. But again, in terms of operations, went, went pretty well at the rowing venue. This week, the sailing test event gets underway. They had a test event last year as well. And then on Sunday, the road cycling test event will take place. And that's going to take a little bit of finagling. They're going to adjust the schedule because there's a big protest planned in Rio de Janeiro that day. It doesn't involve the Olympics at all. It's a political economic protest, demonstration, but because of the large numbers of people coming to downtown Rio de Janeiro, they've had to switch the time a little bit of the road cycling event to accommodate the crowds. 
IOC members also traveled to Buenos Aires last week to check in on preparations for the 2018 Summer Youth Olympic Games. Leandro Larosa, chief executive of Buenos Aires 2018, his fellow organizers and city leaders met with the IOC Coordination Commission for the 2018 YOG on Friday and Saturday. The roster of members on the commission is led by IOC member Frank Fredericks. Last month, Larosa spoke with Around the Rings editor Ed Hula about the road ahead for Buenos Aires 2018. Larosa told ATR that planning for the legacy of the 2018 YOG began the day after the city was elected to host the event. He added that athletes and spectators should prepare for a multicultural experience during the summer YOG. Organizers will have cultural elements featured in each venue cluster that showcase the music, food, and history of Buenos Aires. The organizing committee is made up of around 40 organizers, LaRosa said, with experience in marketing, education, infrastructure, and other areas. Over the past year, the team has split up duties into two categories, operations and infrastructure. Infrastructure is under the hands of the Ministry of Urban Development of the City of Buenos Aires. Why? Because we have to build the Youth Olympic Village. And in order to, to build that village and to, to, to develop the whole project, since the bid up to now, it evolved a lot. And it evolved in a, in a good way. Why? Because uh, we understood that the city projects uh, to develop the south part of the city fits very well with the project we have for the Youth Olympic Games. So the first thing we did was to sit down together, NOC, City of Buenos Aires, uh, in order to understand what was going to be the best, not only to deliver great games, but also to engage more people, more um, young people in the, in the project, and also to leave a, a real legacy. In the, in the Olympic movement, we always uh, listen this word often, uh, that is legacy. And I think uh, that legacy, in our case, is not something that will appear the day after uh, the games uh, finish uh, as, as, as magic. And also, we have to understand what kind of uh, legacy we live with the Youth Olympic Games in Buenos Aires. We, we, we had a, a strategy since the beginning that the legacy starts the day after we start we, we were elected that's why going back to why we decided to go to the south part of the city to to have 50% of the of the games happening there uh, we've chosen to build the olympic village over there what are what, what are the big things you need to accomplish say over the over the next year what are the milestones we already started the building of the Youth Olympic Village, and that is something that we are paying a lot of attention. Why? Because uh, we have at least uh, 24 months of uh, building, and uh, we are planning to finish all the infrastructure by the end of uh, 2017. So in order to have time to open it, run it, test it, uh, and some other things you know, we have to do there and put the equipment inside and everything. For me, right now, one of the most important things is, from the infrastructure point of view, to follow that the infrastructure works in order to be sure that we will finish at the, at the end of 2017. But at the same time, it's not the only thing we are doing. We are completely dedicated to the, let's call it, daily events we have in Buenos Aires trying to engage 
more and more people. A few days ago, before coming here, we ordered uh, a poll to research what's going on with the people about the games. And uh, we were really, really surprised because three years before the games happened, 52% of the people in the city of Buenos Aires are aware that the, the games are coming to Buenos Aires and 84 are in favor of the organization of the Youth Olympic Games in Buenos Aires. And they agree that this is the right event to do. The 2018 Summer YOG opens on October 1st. The program for the Games includes some 185 events in 28 sports. Turning attention back to Rio 2016, ATR reporter Aaron Bauer spoke with Rio Mayor Eduardo Paez on Wednesday of last week. Paez tells ATR that recent test events in Brazil have ignited an Olympic fever among residents. I think the, the fever is already starting. Obviously, when we do these test events, I mean, we saw this the past two weekends, especially with the triathlon, you know, it's right in the middle of the, the, the street. So, I mean, you could see the, the, all the, all what's going to happen, the excitement of the, of the Cariocas, of the Brazilian population with the Olympics. Uh, we're going to have another big test event this weekend, which is uh, road cycling. Uh, it's a big one also. <laughs> so I think there's lots of excitement in the, in the city. Uh, I just got some polls yesterday showing 75% of support, fully support to the Olympics. So, I mean, this is going to rise, I'm sure about it. I mean, especially when, when you come to the point that people are seeing legacy, seeing things uh, being delivered on time, on price, cost, schedule. So this is, this is good news. I, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the Olympics, obviously. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not easy to, to get the Olympics done, but uh, I'm very optimistic. What big projects do you have to complete before next August? I mean, everything is big when you talk about the Olympics. Obviously, uh, the legacy ones uh, are, the, are, the, are the most difficult ones. When you, when you talk about uh, the quantity of tunnels that we're building, subway, BRTs, uh, renovation of the port area, I mean, these are tough, tough uh, constructions that we're doing. Well, certainly the venues, I mean, I'm much more relaxed now. I mean, we had this issue with Deodoro just a year and a half ago, but some completely on time. We had just set first test event uh, in Deodoro. It was a great success. So, I mean, now, now I'm really trying, I'm, I'm worrying much more now and taking much more time uh, with the operations of the city and of the game. So, <clears throat> we're coming to a point, which is a good point, uh, that we're not talking much about construction now. We're talking much more about operations. So, I think this is a good moment. What do you think about the mood? That's going to be happening during the games. You talked well, about it. We got seventy-five percent support now, with all this pressure. Uh, one year ago, I mean, I think the mood is going to be great. As it was, uh, if you look at the World Cup, I mean, it was like a year before the World Cup. It was like hell here. Uh, everyone was complaining against the World Cup in the whole country, and, and the mood was great. So, uh, Brazilians know how to celebrate. Cariocas know how to celebrate. We're going to love it. So. You know, is the last year, what do you think is coming that is going to make this a successful moment in the history? I mean, uh, if you look at the changes in the city, if you look, uh, we're doing, you know, things on time, uh, on price, uh, uh, there's lots of private money, we didn't spend much money on venues, the public money mostly flew into, uh, into, into legacy, uh, so there are some, some very clear messages, you know, this is a game of legacy, 
Here's the game. This is the game of saving uh, public money. This is the game of no, you know, on time, on price, no white elephants. Uh, you know, the, 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 the venues are mostly temporary venues. The ones that are not temporary, they already have what they're going to be uh, right after the games. And we're not going to take four years, you know, to open the venues again, as, as it happens in some places. So, I mean, uh, we're pretty... Yeah, optimist that things are going smooth, and that's what's going to, uh, to, to, that's what's giving the, the, the support of the people to deal in this. If you could think back to how you were in 2009, did you expect the city to be as far along as it was right now? No chance. I never thought it would, we would uh, uh, have, done, have done so much. No chance. I mean, actually, we're delivering much more than what we promised during the Olympic bid. Uh, if you look at the projects that were in the Olympic bid, there was one line of BRTs, but getting 450 kilometers was supposed to be 20. There was no subway, we're delivering 20 uh, uh, kilometers of subway. There was no, there was a small light railway and train, uh, train in, in, in downtown Rio. It's 26 kilometers. There was a little renovation in the pier of where the, the ships are going to be, uh, were going to be. We're moving like the, the biggest urban renovation in the Western world, I mean, in the, in the democratic world, uh, which, is, which is Porto Maravilla, five million square meters right in downtown. I, mean, we, I, nev I never thought we would deliver so much. So even we didn't promise that much. So I think it's, it's kind of different from uh, uh, typical politics, you know, when you promise too much and you don't deliver half of it. So, and, and I really am uh, grateful to, to the Olympics, to the Olympic movement, to the IOC, uh, because the Olympics has been, uh, meant a lot, it's meaning a lot to Rio. The 2016 Summer Olympics open in Rio on August 5th. Over 10,000 athletes from 205 countries are expected to compete at the Games. Organizers say 42 sports will be contested, including golf for the first time since 1904. Rugby Sevens is also making its Olympic debut at the Rio Games. Coming up this week, ATR Radio will feature an interview with Carl Hester, a member of Great Britain's 2012 Olympic gold medal team in dressage. Hester is celebrating a team silver won at the International Equestrian Federation's 2015 European Championships. The event concludes in Aachen, Germany on August 23rd. And also tune in for an interview with Klaus Schormann, president of Modern Pentathlon's world governing body, on the Federation's road to the 2016 Rio Olympics. Be sure to check into Around the Rings online on Facebook. Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm Nicole Bennett. Thanks for listening.